Hi, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Third Impact Anime Podcast. I'm Ryan. I'm filling in for Austin today. And today we're going to be talking about the Castlevania Netflix series, as well as uh, some of the video games that go along with it, because, you know, that's the original source material. So with me today, I have Sully. Hello. How have you been, Sully? I don't think you've been on a podcast in a while. I looked it up the other day. I think the last podcast I was on was the Otaku No Video one back in like either June or July. So yeah, it's been a while. It has been a hot minute. Well, glad you're here for this one. We also have Marissa. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Uh, It's been a long time, I think, since anyone's heard my voice on Third Impact Podcast. Uh, But for those of you who followed from Token Rambles, I talk all the time. So it's good to be back, um, not hosting something and talking about something else besides Token Rambu for once in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I haven't been on one in a while myself. I was supposed to be on the Cagliostra podcast uh, last week, but I got afflicted with not having a voice. So that kind of put a a hamper on that. And uh, with us today, we have a very special guest. We've mentioned him about 14 million times on this podcast. People have actually asked me if he is a real person. He is indeed a real person. Ladies and gentlemen, I present the man, the myth, the legend, Edwin. What is up? He's real. There he is. You can leave now. Uh, (laughs) Oh, it's been been a while since I've been on this podcast. I apologize for the inconvenience. (laughs) (laughs) I just happen to have my mic on mute all this time. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're you're practically on the podcast anyways with all the... Um, he, he gets things. mentioned at least three times per conversation we have. Oh, yeah. Every time there's a con, Edwin is always mentioned. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Edwin, Edwin brings life to conventions, so if you're ever at a convention that Edwin's at, like, seek him out. Like, just hold up a sign and say, I am looking for Edwin, and just find him. He'll, he will show you a good time. So, Silly, what have you been watching or playing recently? Um, I have mostly been focusing on trying to get my life together. Uh, I just graduated from school like a, a few months ago and Woo! did an internship. Congratulations. I'm, yeah, I'm in that weird like, okay, I'm looking for jobs and there's not a lot of great jobs out there to be found. So uh, that's why I've not been on the podcast for a really long time is I've uh, and also why I don't post on social media like it all like i checked again i have not posted either on anything in about six months so the reason why is because i've just been taking a very long break to focus on being an adult which is something i've always failed at miserably well, um, break from social media is a, he- a healthy thing many people would argue anyway so well, i'm glad it well, seems to have helped if you're if you got your license and you graduated from school yeah i'm 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 able to actually do things like an adult now but uh and i actually have like several leads on different jobs i have to uh go to bed and then wake up tomorrow and start working on so uh if you are in that in the same situation i am where you have to start doing it like adulting i wish you the best of luck but in the time i do have um a friend of mine bought and mailed me a copy of splatoon 2 nice I've never really gotten into third-person shooter, well, or third-person or first-person shooters, like any of those. But this, I got really addicted to, and so that's what I've been sort of filling my time with. Is like, okay, 
I looked at jobs for an hour. I guess I can play Splatoon for a little while and, you know, try to relax. And um, just the other day, I found a Nintendo gift card I bought and then forgot I had. Like, I had <laughs> it up and packed in, like, a, a game container thing, and I found it, and I uh, used it to buy Okami HD on the... Oh, internet. nice. So I, I have not gotten very far. I think I've played 20 minutes of it so far, but uh, probably tomorrow after... Uh, doing adult things, I'll probably sit down and uh, start playing that because I've never played it. But our friend Jesse, who is on Marissa's Token Rumbles uh, podcast, she did a presentation on Okami and got me into wanting to play it. So I'm finally going to take her suggestion up. Yeah, you definitely will. I took her suggestion and implemented that into my um, Japanese culture video games panel. I still have to finish that myself. Well, I played it a long time ago, but I'm yeah, digressing. I- I just want to add that, especially since you're a fan of Legend of Zelda, you'll enjoy Okami. Uh, follows a lot of the same formula that Legend of Zelda does. The only thing I don't like about so far is the camera is really awkward. Um, I maybe it's because I'm very used to the Splatoon camera right now because it, it's like butter; it just moves so easy. Because I guess you're you're you know spinning it around so much, but this one. I've had to invert the axes several times to get exactly how I want it to move. And even then it's kind of imperfect, but the actual art style and uh, the, the story, I like how they actually say, you know, well, the story of the eight headed serpent happened. And now this is what happens afterwards. I like how it's kind of like a, a sequel to a very famous myth. So I'm, I'm looking yeah. forward to the adventure that unfolds. Yeah. It, it's a great game, but um, yeah, so I'm glad, I'm glad to, yeah. I'm glad to hear you're doing well. Good luck on the job hunt. Job hunts suck. We've all been there. I know. I yeah, thought, like, oh, it's it's going to be one or two months. It won't be. And now it's like, oh, it's three months. And I'm not much farther than I thought I would other than learning, like, God, there are a lot of companies that are basically MLMs looking for new graduates. Be careful. Yeah. My advice to anybody looking for a job, if you think you're being aggressive, you're not being aggressive enough. It's very difficult. You have to be like super pushy to actually get anywhere. But best of luck with that. So, Marissa, what have you been up to? Um, I have been in a weird mode as of lately. Um, I took a small break from doing work for trying to focus on hopefully getting into grad school and um, sorting my life out and stuff because this summer was just really harsh um working long hours at a science museum we had dinosaurs this summer and i would come home really late be exhausted and just not want to do anything and i'm only working part-time so (laughs) uh unfortunately grad school is not gonna pan out for me um i tried to get in for a spring semester and didn't so instead i'm looking towards the future but in fun news, because who wants to hear about boring old me, like, struggling to find a job, like Sully? Uh, <laughs> ugh, it's not fun. Uh, I've been trying to catch up on, like, a lot of, um, and getting back into watching more anime series. Uh, I kind of fell out of it about a year ago. I didn't really keep up with a lot of the ongoing stuff, and a lot of the stuff this season and last season really has catched my eye. And I'm very hopeful for the winter. We'll see. What's some of the stuff you're watching right now? Uh, I'm watching Double Decker, Sunune, uh, Run with the Wind, uh, 
a BL series. <laughs> and I think that's it. I would have to look on my watch list right now because I currently can't really remember. Which BL series are you watching? Um, It's the current one that's airing on Crunchyroll. It's like Daiki. Dai- it's the... um. I'm being essentially like I'm being pursued by the number one man that wants to be hugged or something. The title in Japanese is weird. I read the manga a while ago because um, there's um, <laughs> not a legally English translation out there, but a fan translation of the series, and I actually enjoyed it. I'm being harassed by the sexiest man of the year. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. So it's a series about Kim Jong-un then. What? There was a joke a long time ago <laughs> where the onion named Kim Jong Un the sexiest man uh, of the year. Okay, thanks. Yeah, um, yeah, it's yeah. it's a wholesome thing, and yeah, that's what I'm currently watching and working on right now. Edwin, you've never been on this podcast. Give everybody your life story. Oh, of course, I wouldn't do that. I would. I don't want to bore the people. So I'm just gonna go and tell. Give give a give a highlight about yourself. What are three fun facts about yourself? I don't have fun facts. Have you ever committed a murder? I have not. Wait, does GTA count? Yes. Are you legally allowed to leave the country without fear of extradition? Uh, I'd assume so. (laughs) Give a little detail Uh, about that. Like, what kind of stuff do you like? Yeah. Um. Right now. The past few days, I've just been playing my Dreamcast, been playing games like Power Stone, Crazy Taxi, Space Channel 5, a lot of the quirky stuff that Sega released that uh, since then have mostly received ports on other systems, but I like to play on the system that it originally came out on. And anime-wise, I've been re-watching Dead Leaves and Redline. Redline is great. Oh, I haven't yeah. seen that in a long time. I just rewind it and see like the frames of the show because it's so incredibly detailed. Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure that was one of the last things during the days of hand drawn. Unfortunately, yeah. But good to have you. Like um, I said, I had my mic. I had my mic muted. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He's just pretty much been observing us and learning our weaknesses, waiting for the, his perfect time to strike. And he's struck now. He he handed me a folder of blackmail this morning. He was like, hey, I know you're recording a podcast today. If you don't put me on it, I'm going to spread this everywhere. I mean, I knew you guys were going to talk about a game-based anime, so of course I had to join. Anyways, rounding, out, rounding off the uh, personal stuff with myself, I've recently been binging tons and tons of American shows because I adopted a new rule of not watching any anime show during the season it's out because I can't possibly take the time to watch all the shows and figure out if I like them or not. So I just wait for other people to tell me what's good. But um, yeah, I've also been playing uh, Undertale on the Switch again and Deltarune came out on the PC, which is something and we're probably gonna have to wait another three years to actually figure out anything that's going on with that and i do yeah that's pretty much how i feel but oh my god it was so good even though it was like a three-hour demo but uh i also moved recently and i finally was able to assemble my media shelves the way i wanted to so now i have everything displayed and it looks so pretty and just so amazing 
And I finally accomplished a a personal milestone of mine today. I got a physical copy of Super Metroid on SNES, and it looks real good. So that's on the shelf, and it's currently staring at me longingly. And other than that, I've been binging on Castlevania stuff just because, like, the show came out. I recently replayed through Symphony of the Night, um, not on the uh, the new Requiem that just came out, actually, but on uh, PSN. But that's a great game, and we'll get to that in a minute. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, I think at this point we're going to take a short break and listen to some tunes. And when we get back, we're going to jump right into Castlevania. So we will be right back. Um, before we get started real quick, I just wanted to uh, hashtag shameless self-promotion us. And uh, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash third impact anime, Twitter at TI underscore anime, and our website where we post wonderful, wonderful articles and such at thirdimpactanime.wordpress.com. And also, as we've mentioned in the last couple episodes, we're currently doing a giveaway of The Rose of Versailles Part 1. Uh, We're giving away a copy to the first half of the show completely free to one of our faithful listeners. All you have to do is go over to our iTunes page and leave us a star rating and a review. Then you'll be entered to win. And we will be announcing the winner in our Facebook community page on December 13th. So please get your review in as soon as possible. Rose of Versailles uh, is out of print and it's only going to get harder to find. So make sure to take advantage of this while you can. And you can find the... uh, community page on third impact anime community on facebook um and we all are involved there we talk about random whatnot post memes sometimes but mostly it's a discussion and just it's like-minded people who also like anime and such so yeah definitely join us on there and uh definitely enter to win rose of versailles it's a very great show so Wanted to get started with a bit of a background on Castlevania. So Castlevania is a series that originally came out for the NES. Um, It's a portmanteau of Castle and Transylvania, as most of you probably already know, but just for any of you who don't. It's a series about the Belmont clan trying to rid the world of Dracula. And it's, it's a great series. It's one of my favorites personally, and I know... Uh, most of the other people on here agree with me on that. It's a really, really, really good series. Recently, Netflix came out with a TV show for it. It's It started out as only a four-episode first season and then got an eight-episode second season this past year um, in October, which was se- definitely, definitely a step up from the first season. But it was... I, I still love the show and I love the... Uh, I love the series as a whole, but um, Sully, what's your what's your background with Castlevania? When did you start playing, and what's uh, some of your favorite games for it? So I didn't grow up playing them, but uh, when I got older, I would say uh, maybe like late high school, like right when I started like uh, community college before I went to university, is uh, I played them on uh, 
emulators, which I do not want to necessarily condone, but that's what I did. I played uh, through the original games uh, just out of boredom. It was uh, when I was taking like a gap semester after high school. Uh, so I would just like sit at home and play Castlevania games and like Tetris, and that's all I would do. And I got really in the series from just doing that. And um, I never got into the Metroidvania style games. I really just sort of stuck with the classic stuff. And uh, my favorite is Bloodlines for the Genesis, um, mostly just because it ties into the original Dracula novel, which is one of my favorite books. It's almost like a sequel slash continuation like they even make it so that the morris family from the original dracula book are actually descendants of the belmonts and they now hunt dracula and it, they jump all over world war one era europe and it has elizabeth battery as sort of the second in command villain it's just one of my favorites of the series um and i guess i just really like castlevania because it goes back to that sort of gothic hammer horror style that me and uh our usual host Austin are such big fans of. I know I talked at length about my love for Christopher Lee's Dracula when we did the uh, Vampire Hunter D episode like a year ago. So that's really where that kind of comes from. But uh, I'm I'm a very casual fan. I I I couldn't name all of the games after like Rondo of Blood. That's probably as far as I know in terms of the canon, and it's. So I, I'm kind of here as, like, a, a middle ground person. Uh, so you don't like the Metroidvania stuff if you stopped at Rondo? I mean, I didn't stop at Rondo. I didn't play it, but I watched the playthrough, and I know the storyline. So, like, I know the canon of it, even if I haven't necessarily sat down and played it myself. Mostly I know Rondo because I have a crush on Richter. So <laughs> I'm very well, glad Smash because I don't want Simon to be representative because he looks like Ator the Fighting Eagle and that's a very unattractive look. Oh my god, I know. He look he looks like He-Man with a whip, which is just gonna bring up all sorts of things I don't want brought up. He looks like Deathstalker and the Warriors from Hell is what he looks like. Yeah. No, I'm very glad Richter's in, in Smash as well. He's one of my favorites, and I'm I'm definitely gonna be maining Richter, like just oh my god. But that that is of course unless they put Waluigi in the game, like just come on, Sakurai. We know you. We know you want to. You know we want you, you to. <laughs> never Stop hoping. I will never give up hope. That's the whole point of this series. Did you miss the point while watching this series? You're supposed to keep hope. Oh no, I was but... rooting for the vampires to win. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. All right. Well. Anyways, Marissa, what's your uh, what's your take on Castlevania? So I am a plab when it comes to <laughs> Castlevania. Uh, I actually got my start. Was it last year? Was it released last year? Was the season one of Castlevania released last year on Netflix, or was it like? A while yeah, it was ago? like July of 2017. I want to say it's really weird, but yeah, I found. Well, I already knew like about the Castlevania games before because I am a casual gamer, so I'd heard about them, but. I just never played the games. All I knew was a little bit about Castlevania through um, some like top 10 list and reviews and stuff. And all I could see was like the original one with the, sh- the, the terrible, terrible whip. Like, like it just didn't look appealing to me at all. And I didn't know there was any newer ish one. So I just didn't really get into the series. Um, but the plot was interesting. And when they came out with the short four episodes that was season one, I was like, Ooh, 
this this sounds interesting. Um, I'm gonna watch this because I can watch this in like two hours. Thank you, Netflix. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not even. It was like less than an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, but I watched the entire series just one day randomly. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It. I think it was one of their sponsored things, so it showed up. I was like, "Ooh, I've heard of Castlevania. I didn't know they were doing this." So I watched it, and I was like, "This." This is really cool. What? What? And then I, I contacted actually Ryan, and I was like, "What? What game is this from?" And you were like, "I, I, I don't know." And then we found out that it was three, and I was like, "Oh, so they're going in chronological order." And thanks to Ryan, I started to learn a little bit more about kind of the game order and some of the history. So I would just ask like random questions about things. Um, and then of course we binged <laughs> season two in like a day at my Not house. Even. Yeah. Yeah, and Ryan let me borrow one of his games. Which yeah, one was I, I lent you uh, Dawn of Sorrow. Still haven't touched it. Um, sorry, <laughs> Layton comes first. So, eh. So I'm I am kind of a newbie when it comes to it. My intro into it was through the animated series, which I thoroughly enjoyed as someone who knew nothing about Castlevania. And was really happy to see kind of like the story come to fruition on uh, big screen. And I can't wait to see uh, the subsequent seasons. We get um, more people who played the game as their favorite Belmonts. Because apparently Simon is not very well liked. No, but I liked Simon, Simon's well liked. Trevor's not. Not Trevor. Sorry. Yeah. Simon's the next one. My brain. There's so many Belmonts. My brain. Because yeah, I keep hearing all I hear is Simon, really... Simon, 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 because he's he's the main one. But um, yeah, no one, no one likes, uh, no one likes Trevor. Um, but I I actually liked him because we'll go into that later. But I just want to say I I actually enjoyed it. That was kind of the reason why I got sucked into it was his brain of humor, which is hilarious. Also, he was voiced by Richard Armitage. Yeah, Thorin, my heart. Be still, I just couldn't help it. I was just like, I love Richard Armitage too much. There were actually there were a lot of like Lord of the Rings people in uh in this series, believe it or not. Like not yeah. many of them were actually like prominent voice actors. They were all yeah. live action actors who got recruited for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh Trevor was Richard Armitage who played Thorin in the Hobbit series. Uh Dracula is uh Graham McTavage, who was Dwallen. Dwallen? Yes. Dwallen. I couldn't remember. He has has a twin. Dwallen and Dwallen. Dwarf names. Tolkien. Ah. But, yeah. So, that is my uh, history with it. And I don't have a favorite game right now. Mm -hmm. I'm actually actually interested to get your opinion more than anybody's because everybody I know who besides you who has watched Castlevania has also played the game so they're automatically comparing it to already established material i'm interested to see what you think of just like an outsider looking in more or less like of this is your first impression of Castlevania you don't know anything about the games you're just seeing the plot as it is and like what you think but um we'll get there in just a couple minutes so last but not least edwin what do you think about Castlevania? Uh, pretty cool. Um, pretty cool. Well, yeah. So I started with Castlevania on the GBA with the 
uh, classic NES series for the original Castlevania. Oh, man, I thought you were going to say Aria of Sorrow. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, let me, let me get to the Metroidvania game. All right, so, so after that, um, my, my next system was a Wii, and through the Wii Virtual Console, I was able to revisit a lot of the classic games, including, which is now my favorite, Rondo of Blood, which was, uh, I believe, a PC Engine exclusive in Japan. And my favorite thing about that, aside from the music, which is the first one to support CD, CD audio quality soundtrack, is that it has branching paths. For example, like let's say there's a, there's a gap and you get hit back into it. Well, instead of dying in like the other Castlevania games, it, it could be like a new path with new bosses, new enemies. So... So yeah, that's definitely my favorite Castlevania. And after Rondo of Blood, I hate to say it, but I'm not a fan of the Metroid games or anything that follows that formula, you know, like Shantae and other games like that. And this will be the last Third Impact anime podcast Edwin's going to be on. Have a good night, everybody. Hey, now, I didn't say it's god-awful. <laughs> Go on. I, I, no, I respect the game for what it is. I just like more linear gameplay with my Castlevania title. Actually, I want to give a shout-out to my second Castlevania game. is isn't a mainline Castlevania game. It's actually Kid Dracula on the original Game Boy. And, <laughs> oh, uh, my so, God. So in that game, you play as a chibi version of Alucard. And it's just a really, really fun, like, original game, Game Boy game. With, like, turning into bats and everything. Oh, goodness. No, Kid Dracula is actually great. It's like it gets crapped on a lot just because people are just like, it's not Castlevania and it's stupid. Look at this. And I'm just like, have you actually played it? Because it's actually really fun. Yeah, it's really good. And a Japanese copy shouldn't go for too much, if I recall correctly. Um, the game actually also got ported to the Famicom, but we never got it state statewide for the NES. We only got it on the Game Boy. It's kind of um, funny because uh, I think that Kid Dracula is supposed to be like a, a guest character in the new Smash Brothers 2 on the Dracula yes. stage. They showed the silhouette of him. It's very obviously the, the same pose. Yeah. As the, the, the chibi art style. I'm very uh, excited for that. That's going to be so funny because I think he's, he's in one of the possible stage bosses. That's going to be great. But um, yeah, so me personally, my personal favorite games are the Metroidvania games, though I do like the original platforming ones as well. But I just love the exploration of the Metroidvania games and the progression system of it. Like Symphony of the Night is my favorite Castlevania game. You know, big surprise, I know. I like a very popular game that's regarded as one of the best Castlevanias of all time. But um. Yeah, it's it's the first one that made the Metroidvania moniker, and I played it on the Vita recently, and it just holds up so well on that that I was able to play through it like two hundred percent and loved every minute of it. And my other favorite is the uh, Dawn of Sorrow and Aria of Sorrow uh, games on DS and GBA. Those are just some of the most perfect games in my opinion. They give such a great progression system. They're a lot of fun. They're difficult just, as hell in times, but just out of curiosity, is that the one with bad art? Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, no. 
uh, the DS one has anime art. The GBA one has just like really cringy art. No, no, no. I meant which is the Castlevania on the DS that says best of and has a picture of the cover inside of the cover. Oh, no, that's not that one. I don't know. I only have the original cases. Um, Yeah, no, I don't think that's that one. So I actually got started on Castlevania when I was uh, on a trip out west. I played um, my friend's copy of Harmony of Dissonance, which was a uh, GBA Castlevania, and I had a lot of fun with it. And then he also had Dawn of Sorrow, so I started playing that too and just like, it was, it was so much fun, and then I immediately picked up Portrait of Ruin when I got home, played through that, loved it, and just it's been a love affair ever since. The only thing is I was very disappointed when the um, when the Lords of Shadow games came out. Well, Those were not the good. The 3D games are pretty bad. Yeah, in all honesty, they kind of are. Um, I heard the PS2 ones aren't too terrible, but for the most part, yeah, Castlevania should remain a 2D series. It has been dormant. For a long time. Actually, that's one thing I wanted to mention. It technically it technically has been dormant under the name Castlevania, but the original creator actually had a Kickstarter campaign recently for a new series that is pretty much an homage to Castlevania that he called Bloodstained. And there's two games for it. There's Curse of the Moon, which is more resembling of the NES Castlevania games, and then there's Ritual of the Night, which hasn't come out yet. That's going to be more of a Metroidvania game. I'm really looking forward to playing uh, Ritual of the Night when that comes out. I played Curse of the Moon and liked it a lot. It's very different, but you can definitely tell the inspiration comes from Castlevania. So if you're a fan of Castlevania games and you haven't played Bloodstained yet, I definitely recommend picking it up. Curse of the Moon is def- available for like 10 bucks. Yeah, I definitely did pick that up one of these days. It's been on yeah. my wish list for a while. but I just- Yeah, I don't actually know when Ritual of the Night is coming out, though. Like they They haven't been very clear about that. Kickstarters are actually getting kind of mad. Well, they keep on updating us at the very least, so it isn't yeah. too bad. No, it's not It's not terrible, all things considered, but people are getting a little antsy. <laughs> yeah, so Castlevania the series, though, that's, uh, that's something else entirely. Like, I was very surprised and very cautiously optimistic, personally, when I heard that Castlevania was getting a Netflix series, because as anybody who likes video games can tell you, there has very rarely been an actually good adaptation of a video game to either television or movie. And when I heard it was only getting four episodes, I was like, well, what are you going to do with four episodes? And their answer was, we're going to introduce the series. And I said, okay. The premise is basically the plot of Castlevania three Dracula's curse and little aspects of curse of darkness, which is a uh, PS two one. Um, it follows Trevor Belmont, and he's in the 1400s, and um, pretty much he's trying to just live in a world that hates his clan and a world that Dracula exists in, and Dracula goes berserk and wants to eradicate humanity after they burn his wife at the stake for being a witch, where she obviously was not a witch. But um, yeah, it was... It was really well done, in my opinion. And uh, as Marissa mentioned, uh, Richard Armitage plays Trevor Belmont. He did an absolutely fantastic job. Um, Graham McTavish was Dracula and also did a fantastic job. I just thought the entire voice cast as a whole did a fantastic job. But um, so 
I guess we can jump into thoughts about the series. So, Sully, what was what were your overall thoughts about the series? Like, you, did you like it? Did you hate it? What was some of your highlights or whatever the opposite of highlights is? Highlights for bad things. <laughs> so, uh, when I first I said, "Oh, it came out the first season in October last year," it, Marissa was right, or whoever said it came out in July. Yeah, it was um, October this year that it came out. It, yeah. So the first season, I wanted to like it. And the first time I watched it, I didn't. And then uh, before the second season came out, I rewatched it, and my opinion on it softened considerably. I liked it a lot more. I think my problem with the first season was, um, one, it felt a little bit like, this ain't your daddy's Dracula. Like, some of the violence was, I don't have a problem with very over-the-top violence, but it felt almost like, Oh God! This is what a thirteen-year-old thinks is like badass, isn't it? Like the when the the first night horde attack after Dracula like summons his armies is just so over the top. I'm like, I was like, look at my watch. I'm like, okay, I get it. It's Dra- like I've seen Dracula films. I've seen very over the top horror movies. Like it's it was almost sort of ugh, it wasn't grotesque. It was just almost campy. Like, I felt like at any moment, like, like Meatloaf was going to, like, erupt out of the earth playing a guitar solo. Um, and then I think Trevor, I didn't like him at first because, you know, no, we have characters like him who are sort of like the, the lout who's a little bit of a drunk, who uh, is a little more brutish. And it, it took me a little while to warm up to him more than I think I would. And I think they his characterization was a lot better in the second season than it was in the first. And then I agree. When he's in the bar and they're having discussion about animal relations, it's such a it's like, oh God, I get it. You're 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 edgy. You're not a kid's cartoon. I, do we have to have the I know they're peasants in rural Wallachia or Wallachia. We don't have to, you know, have all of it just it felt in the first one or two episodes like it was trying to sell the idea to me way too hard. But then as it went on, by the time and I'm going to warn everyone now. I'm going to call her Sifa. I'm going to call her Sifa. I know it's Sifa, but I'm going yeah. to <laughs> flip flop on those names because I'm, I'm going to do the exact same thing. Um, when Sifa's introduced, that's when I felt like it started getting better. But I think my problem, and I don't want to folk, like say too much about season two yet because I feel like we're going to kind of move into that. But I think my problem with season one was that we spend so much time with those two, and then the very end we meet Alucard, but we don't really see that much of Dracula, except in the very beginning. And then my problem with season two was we spend so much time with Dracula that we don't see our heroes. And I get they're sort of in medias rest with each other, but it felt a little like I was watching two different shows. I can see that. I mean, I enjoyed I enjoyed the first season. But, like, I will admit, it was a very, very slow first season. And then right as, the like, things got really good, a.k.a. when they introduced Alucard, it, just, it ended. So I was like, man, right as I was getting really invested in this, you just took it away from me. But we got a lot of Alucard in season two, so I was happy about that. But, uh, Marissa, the non-Castlevania game fan, what did you think? Um... Well, I expressed it a little bit, but um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I love the animation style. It did a really good job of kind of capturing the uh, the tone of the series. It was there were still some dark colors, like the blacks, the grays, and some of the reds. But at the same time, it wasn't grayscale. It wasn't like a lot of unfortunately the Justice League movies falter from. There's still 
light, <laughs> which was kind of nice. Like even though Dracula's castle was dark and there was a lot of uh, mechanical stuff, you could still see some light and shadowing uh, going on. And then when it was daytime, it was like, oh, well, there's actually sun. <laughs> this is surprising. But I enjoyed the acting. I, I agree with Sully, uh, kind of thinking back on it. I didn't get the bar scene. It kind of came at a really awkward time. And when I rewatched it, I finally understood actually what they were talking about. I didn't get it at first. Like, I kind of understood what the peasants were trying to talk about when it came to uh, animal relations. Oh, boy. Thanks. Uh, uh, but I, I didn't really get some of the dialogue afterwards when uh, Trevor kind of came in and interrupted them a bit. But uh, he, I found him to be a very interesting character. Uh, he didn't care. He was like a devil may care kind of character, but he was still kind of a badass in his own right. But I will agree, uh, the tone really shifted and it was a lot more interesting when Saifa came in. Um, I enjoyed her character. She constantly would side-eye Trevor and be like, you are an idiot. I don't know why I'm with you. Boy. Um, Because they balanced each other out a lot, uh, which is why they get together. But... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But... uh, that's why I, I like their relationship because he's very just like, eh, whatever. And she's just trying to get him to like pull him into reality and be like, hey, buddy, you actually have a role as a Belmont and this skill, let's use it to our advantage. Um, I love vampire floating Jesus. Thank you, Alucard. <laughs> just- Alucard, he is oh. hands down. He's hands down my favorite in just everything he's in. He. <laughs> Oh my god, he just, just comes out of that often thing sarcastic, and you're like, this is gonna be great. I love this character dynamics, um, and I'm really happy that the series started out with um, the beginning. They started out with what is um, Castlevania 3, the game, but it's yeah. the very beginning of the series, and giving us kind of the backbone, instead of... Uh, throwing us into this world and starting out with Simon. You wouldn't know much about what's going on. Um, yeah. But if they, if they had actually wanted to throw us into the world, they would have started with Leon. But the game we get with Leon is where Dracula gets created. So I feel like that would have been a very, very slow burn. Whereas they may do that story like later down the line, like Trevor's telling the story of Leon or something, which I would actually yeah. like a lot. It could be a flashback. Or- yeah. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. A flashback episode or something that we'll get right. later on. But this, I felt, and I will agree with Sully, like, especially um, comparing it to season two, the pacing was a little weird and a little funky because I think they, what they were trying to do was capture the audience and give us uh, Trevor, Saifa, and um, Alucard in the first season. Like, we got four episodes. They didn't have much of a budget. They didn't know what they were going to get down the line. It was just kind of like a Hail Mary and hope and pray that the fans actually enjoy it. And I think. That's why we got the second season. And oh, yeah. They really wanted to, with the se- second season, tie in a ton of the loose um, other stories uh, going on that we're probably eventually going to see later on in other seasons. And which is why we got a little bit more about Dracula instead of focusing on our heroes, because I don't know how Castlevania 3 goes. I don't know how their journey is. But to be honest, Going from point A from the town that they were in to point B, to be honest, really shouldn't take that long. 
Um, yeah. It was mainly once they get to the Belmont estate, learn what they need to do, deal with the whole Dracula thing. It's, it doesn't really actually shouldn't take that long. Um, most video games draw things out and make you fight more things. Uh, but as a storytelling, that was kind of all that was necessary. But yeah, I think that's one of its uh, strengths is it doesn't waste time with unnecessary padding and have us just go and get on with it, get on with it, get on with it. Cause it actually did get on with it fairly, fairly quickly. Oh yeah. Um, but like the one thing that I noticed was absent, uh, for anybody who's played Castlevania three, you've noticed it too. Um, he got Sypha and he got Alucard. He did not get Grant. Grant was actually the first party member he recruits in Castlevania 3. Was he the pirate? Yeah, he's the pirate. Well, no one cares about Grant. <laughs> <laughs> the internet would beg to disagree with you. So many people that I saw were just like, hey, dude, where's Grant? Like, he's kind of important to Castlevania 3. And um, I was happy to see that the uh, that the person in charge did say just because you didn't see him here doesn't mean he's not in the world like they have taken some creative liberties which is necessary when you're revising something that's like what 30 years old at this point yeah 30 years actually as of this year that especially for something that was really light and story in the first place right so like yeah they have to take creative liberties but he did actually say like grant might be in that world you just haven't seen him yet so i'd be interested to see what they do with him but uh, Edwin, what about you? What did you uh, what did you think overall? Um, so when it first came out, I was pretty indifferent towards it, but I actually rewatched the first season after I ha- had watched the second season, and the way I saw it was pretty much the first season was one giant prelude towards the second season, and I see the second season as the real first season, as in the the first season was pretty much just giving us all the details, trying to get all the heroes together. And in the second season is when with Dracula with his army and having them attack and then having the Trevor, uh, Siphon, Alucard going back to the original Belmont estate. I see that as um, as a prelude. Um, Other than that, um, from playing the games, I thought it was pretty faithful representation to what I had pictured as a kid, what Castlevania would be in in an anime style, and was fairly pleased with how it came out. For sure. Um, yeah, um, I do. And one little thing I enjoyed was how they made Sypha like you couldn't tell her gender. Remember when she was like, um, she was a stone, right, in the anime, yeah. and then in the games. She's like a, a blue, what was that, blue, right? Yeah, yeah. she was wearing the blue. The blue robe, and you couldn't tell until the very end when she takes off her robe, and then you see her, her hair, and she's like hugging, um, hugging Dr- Trevor that you know that she's a female. It's kind of like how they revealed Samus to be a female at the end of the game. That's what they yeah. did with Sypha. So I do enjoy the add little things like that just for people who have played the original game. Yeah, because in the original, Sypha explained that she uh, hid her gender in order to become a vampire hunter for the church. So she hid the fact that she was a a woman. And 
masqueraded as a man. So yeah, that was that was actually a very interesting touch. I thought. Um, other than that, um, I thought it was a I, I enjoyed it, especially after rewatching it. It, I feel like if now that season one and two is out, if you haven't watched it yet, watch like straight through because I feel like season one mixed with season two would be significantly more enjoyable because it'll feel like less of a just a slow slag that then once you're done, you're like, sorry, that's all you get for a while. Um, and I, yeah, I felt like they were also testing the waters by releasing those four episodes to see how the public would receive it. I think that's exactly why they did it that way because yep. they didn't, they it didn't is. know like if it would actually be successful. And from what I saw at first, the reaction was it's good, but like you didn't really do much. Like you got to give us more. So they Where's did the rest of it. Well, yeah. it wasn't development hell for like forever. I think it was like first announced like 2008 or something. And it's just been kind of like, Oh yeah. Like bounced around and changed. Like a lot. I know that uh, Grant was supposed to be in the original lineup when they were like first shopping it around. It was actually going to be, believe it or not, it was actually going to be a direct to video anime film at first. And that was back in uh, 07. So yeah, it's been in, it's been in development hell for quite quite a while, and then um, in 2016 they announced that Netflix they struck a deal with Netflix to uh, produce it, but they actually did always intend to adapt uh, Castlevania three as the uh, source material. So well, I'm glad they got that Netflix money because with a lot of other game to movie adaptations they're less than stellar let's just put it that like is that. that is a that is a phrase to describe that yes uh we, it is yet to be seen uh we still have detective pikachu coming next summer oh he was he was talking <laughs> about things like uh oh. final fantasy spirits within like stuff back yeah, then yeah no th- th- yeah oh. some of those bad things but yeah. Street fighter we we could be seeing the uh the generation of actually good um game to movie slash tv show adaptations with castlevania and detective pikachu of all things well well, i mean i don't know about you guys but like in that in that topic i actually really enjoyed the tomb raider movie like i thought it was legitimately good yeah i was gonna bring that up not only tomb raider was really good but rampage also was really good as well yeah yeah like even though that looked like a generic monster movie that was like real fun like i enjoyed the hell out of that movie Oh, yeah, so, Rampage. yeah, yeah. Everybody forgets that Rampage is actually a video game movie, and was but, successful. Yeah, I'm I'm yep, very excited because now now uh, Castlevania's seen success. I'm really wondering what they're going to do next. Like, we're two probably, for two. Yeah, I mean, Castlevania is not even going to be the last thing that probably gets an adaptation at this point if they keep doing them well. I mean, Super Mario is going to get like a. a movie by the same people who make the minions of all things coming out in 2020 so yeah, yeah that's one of the, that's one of those things that to me is just like i can't actually believe that that's a thing that they're developing until i actually am sitting down in the theater watching it you know well ryan i want you to keep something very important in mind in the year 2020 and for years afterwards facebook moms will have memes with toad saying if you can't accept me at my worst you don't accept me at my best and that's oh. going to proliferate the same way those little yellow tic tacs have and it'll be horrible <laughs> oh, yeah man. i know that's not a but, world um, I want to live in. Well, too yeah. bad, Ed, but here you are. 
But um, even though like we were mentioning the uh, the series has seen success so far, they're actually they actually have greenlit a third season. It's going to be ten episodes, <laughs> so it's getting it's getting bigger and bigger every time that they get a new season. But um, I was actually the thing Simon? that interested. Huh? <laughs> season three, Simon. Maybe I actually don't know because they. That, that was the thing I was going to mention. They introduced all the plots with Hector and Isaac. I feel like they're going to wrap that up first before they get into Simon. And Hector and Isaac were actually two characters that jumped out at me the most as actually, you know, being in here because they're from a 3D game. They're from Curse of Darkness, which I would hazard a guess to say that not too many people besides me who's watched like many, many, many lore videos on Castlevania have actually even heard of before this series. I had no idea who they were. Yeah. Like when I was watching it, I was just like, wait a minute, you seem familiar. And then I like it hit me when we were like midway through the season. I was like, oh, my God, they're doing that. Like. I had no idea that they were actually going to be incorporating stuff from Curse of Darkness, but that is also a game where Trevor appears, so it makes sense. It was just kind of surprising to me. But um, I, I like what they're doing with them so far. They're both very good characters. They changed uh, Isaac quite a bit, but I do enjoy oh, yeah. the, uh, oh, the yeah. characterization. Talking about the violence in Season 1, I really like how they handled it with Isaac. Like, the scene... Uh, sort of the epilogue where he's in the desert and he takes down the bandits that are assaulting him. Like, I think that was sort of where they kind of honed it, where it's not so, uh, again, 13-year-old boy just played Shadow the Hedgehog and wants to make an an (laughs) anti-vampire story. Like, it felt both visceral and kind of, like, engaging and satisfying in a weird way. I like that scene in particular with him and just the idea of how they show the Forge Masters handling the dead bodies. And it, it was both kind of creepy and uncanny, but you kind of want to know how it works. It's, it seems very cool at the same time, as opposed to just kind of being disgusting for disgusting sake. Yeah, it's also the first time we get, like, backstory on the Forge Masters that wasn't in manga. So I like I loved that they did that, because in Curse of Darkness, they just kind of jump you in. And... um yeah, you actually play as Hector in Curse of Darkness, like he's the protagonist. But um, their story, their stories have changed a little bit, but that is not necessarily a bad thing. Like they've, like Curse of Darkness is not known for its riveting story. It's not really known for anything. So the fact that they're even using these characters at all is just interesting to me. They're known for being mediocre characters in a mediocre game, right? And Isaac looked like really weird in that game and he's like now he's a black guy like he's he's an entirely different character like he's he was an african slave in the tv series i don't even remember what his original backstory was but he was just some generic white guy in uh curse of darkness so he he has a much more compelling backstory as far as i'm concerned oh i also like that how they included the forge master backstories in season two it yeah it made you like emphasize with them a bit more than just having them for the sake of being there. Yeah. So uh what other what other thoughts did you guys have? What what were some what was some of your uh favorite moments in the series? Uh I definitely enjoyed the the end scene with uh I believe it was season one when Trevor uh rallied the townspeople to attack the vampires and they were just wondering why they should listen to him and he said, Well I'm the one only one with any experience fighting the 
And then there was that one creature that told the priest, You're, you don't have the best interest for God, and then just ate him. I thought that was a pretty that cool was... scene. Oh, yeah. That, speaking it's of like that, really deserve that. Yeah. On Sully's topic of uh, viscera, that was, that was, ugh. That was a bloody scene. My favorite uh, scene was probably um, the Alucard fight at the end of season one, just because it was animated so well. You got to see my boy in action and just, it was a really fun scene to watch. And Sypha was pretty much just sitting there like, boys, we're both on the same side. What are you doing? <laughs> it was pretty well, touching with the end of season two as well with how uh, Trevor gave his estate to Alucard and then how he had to reflect on both of his human and vampiric sides and take care of both of them. Yeah, that actually, that was one thing we, we mentioned how the series departed from typical Castlevania. That was honestly the biggest thing to me, because if you've played any Castlevania game, you know, when you beat Dracula, the castle falls apart. That didn't happen. Yeah, that definitely was different from the so, game. What happens with the actual castle in game? It just, it just crumbles. It, just it disappears. Yeah. Oh, which happens in the original book too, if I recall correctly. It's just sort of like yeah. a weird Dracula thing. Is defeat him, and you know he has to rent for a few months afterwards. Well, it's pretty much been like because the castle is tied to his power, so like its existence is tied to him, and when okay. he vanishes, so does the castle. But that didn't happen this time, and that was actually oh. really interesting. Yeah. So like and seeing Alucard. Like at the end, just reminiscing about his father and going up the stairwell, it hurt. Like, it hit me in the feels just seeing him kind of by himself in this big dusty castle. Um, but yep, yeah, they they really um, hit you in I, the feels with those two a lot. Oh my gosh, especially with the fight scene um, mm-hmm. against his father, just ouch. Um, oh, he breaks the they, bed, the bed frame. He breaks he the, the bed. And Ryan told me, like, the, the fight's not as emotional. Like, he doesn't hold his punches against Alucard. But in this one, you actually see him, like, he really doesn't want to hurt his son. He, he cares about him. And he's, like, the last remnant of his wife because yeah. uh, he, remin- he, ref- he looks like her. He has her um, blonde hair. Um, and it's just like, oof. Uh, and then when they get thrown into the bedroom, you're like, Oh, that's his childhood bedroom. Yeah, that that scene hit me because he's just like, I'm trying to kill the greatest gift she ever gave me. I must already be dead. And then, you know. Stab. Yeah. It it, it departed in quite a few ways, but like it was it was still really solid. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. um, Probably one of my favorite scenes from the animated series would have to be oh god what is it uh, i as a nerd just love um when they got into like essentially the belmont library and just seeing everything uh i freaked out and i was like please don't tell me they destroy the library and like right just looks over at me and he's like maybe i'm like don't they dare that's that's way too much history he's the last one they need this <laughs> <laughs> but yeah See, one of my problems is when they actually get into the library because it feels like it feels like that's when the the story kind of hits a standstill because then it's like, oh god, the, the three heroes are just literally in that library for like 
two or three episodes, and then it's nothing but, you know, the court drama of vampires. It, it, that's when it's like, okay, can we kind of start moving some things along? We got, we, we, we've done plenty of setup. Let's start getting to act two or three here eventually. Like, it, that's where I was just kind of like, I'm bored because they're going to hang out in the Belmont pad for a while. And then Dracula is going to mope in his library for a while. And then Hector and Isaac will carry the story and Carmilla will, you know, basically do all the heavy lifting. And then there's all these other vampires who have these really cool designs and we don't learn anything about them except for the one that's like a combination of Michael Myers and Shrek. Oh wait, that's the same person. Uh, <laughs> The one who's like the the Scottish one, who I'm like, okay, why who in why are you the vampire that we spend the most, the most unpleasant one? Like we got these, the one who looks you know sort of East Asian and the Indian looking one, and they're they're very you know cool looking designs and they have cool fighting skills and they don't talk and I wanted to know about them, not the one that just wants to have sex and eat. Yeah. yeah. Quick clarification: Did you mean Mike Myers the actor or Michael Myers the Halloween serial killer? You know, given that Godbrand was very into murder, I feel like it was kind of a very appropriate mistake to make. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it was kind of like serial killer Shrek as a character. So yeah, Godbrand like was that. actually Godbrand was actually played by uh, Peter Stormare, and he did just he was an absolutely fantastic actor for that role. Like he did such a great job. I couldn't actually stand him. I didn't like I his voice. Either. His accent seemed fake as heck, and I was just like. Mm, please get him off my screen and kill him quicker. You were you were supposed to hate him though. That was the thing. Yeah, but it wasn't just personality. I was just like, I can't take his voice. Get him off. I, I love really Peter like Stormare. He was in Prison Break, so I I love him from that. I really yeah, do love Carmilla, and uh, all I know about her in the games is that she's either a woman sitting on the skull or she's a you know giant floating bleeding mask who terrifies luigi in the new smash brothers apparently <gasps> that's her yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. That's her. in the game she at oh. least the game that i played she doesn't really appear as a human she just sort of either is again a woman sitting on the skull or a giant floating mask yeah but carmilla he- carmilla ironically enough actually doesn't appear in castlevania 3 or um curse of darkness she's in rondo of blood and uh simon's quest predominantly yeah, uh, one last thing I wanted to bring up about uh, Castlevania is that I really enjoyed how many different ways they were able to get uh, different death scenes. Like, there's so many different ways that people got killed, whether with, like, the ice beers or, or whatnot. They had, I thought it was pretty creative. I think my favorite is when Carmilla has that very quick flashback to her killing her, her husband who turned her into a vampire, and it's just her throwing him off of a building with a noose around his neck and it's like breaking his body in half. I'm like, yeah, feminism. <laughs> <laughs> Can someone please make that a meme? Just throwing her off, please. throwing him off the thing and just say hashtag feminism. Feminism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she she was great. I'm interested to see what she does with uh, with uh, uh, Hector. Hector. Yeah, Ooh, thank you. Poor Hector. Yeah, Eesh. yeah. I felt so bad for him at the end. Yeah. Uh, he Because he he was the one who actually like realized he feels bad for what they're doing. I really I I cannot sympathize with the, the, the human mass. Like outside of like, you know, Sypha and Trevor and Hector and Isaac, who are the humans that we actually spend the most time with, like the rest of them and Lisa to an extent. But for the rest I'm like 
They're dumb Wallachian peasant folk. They bathe in the river and use pine cones for money. I don't really... If they're all destroyed, I mean, you know, that's kind of better off. I mean, you know, I, I don't want to be a traitor to my own kind, but, like, death or living in your own filth. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of move, really, isn't it? Yeah, it was, um... It was really hard to sympathize with the humans because you literally only saw the worst of the worst who weren't the protagonists, especially that priest. Like, God, I hated him. Played by Max Headroom himself. Yeah. Max Headroom is Claude Frollo in Castlevania. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Oh, God. I was. I did not like that priest guy. He irked me. I was really happy he got his just rewards. And then I was like, all right, we're done with him. And then we see him in season two. And we actually see the like the downfall of, um, oh, I can't remember her name. Lisa. Lisa. And you're just like, you are dead. Please go back to being dead and stop harassing her. Please, yeah. no. No, 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 no. I don't want to see this. And then you see like his dead body later on. You're like, ooh. That's an interesting twist. Not just using a red random dead body from the pile of Wallachians. Uh, we're using this uh, the priest. Yeah, the that, bishop. Like yeah. condemned her. Yeah, the bishop guy that condemned her, and you're just like. I think the the way that you said to bless the river and make the other vampire army fall into it. I think that, I think that was a pretty clever little way. Of, oh, that was brilliant. Like, just as a strategy, that was but, hilariously brilliant. Uh, how did they do the river thing? Because they mentioned, the vampires mentioned, I do love how they're like, we don't have a manual for this. We don't know how it works. But like, we cannot cross running water, which is a traditional Romanian belief, is that vampires cannot cross a running river or any body of water that has movement to it. And but they still try to. I don't. I. I maybe I forget it. But I was like, is this a plot hole? Did I miss something? Is it because it's been blessed? Is this a before or after it, thing? It was because they, it was blessed. Um, it was they, because it was blessed. I don't really. They didn't really I, play I, into that myth very well. Yeah. Um. I think they kind of said it was just a myth. It's something we've avoided for years because, like they said, we don't have a manual and we've been alive for so long that they weren't certain if it was an issue or not because none of them had ever encountered it and they didn't want to. They didn't want to try it out, kind of like eating garlic. Like, hmm, do we want to eat garlic and then maybe, like, vomit up blood? That that doesn't sound nice, so let's just avoid it anyways. Um, so I think that's kind of, like, why they avoided running water. And yeah. they were uh, in that scene with them crossing the river. They're like, oh, we've got this. And they were kind of blind to the fact that Camilla and... Um, and them kind of like betrayed them so then it was like oh snap holy water not good yeah oof still two or three episodes of them debating do we go across the river do we not go across the river? It was <laughs> that so got cool. old yeah yeah i love how godbrand is like well we can't just even though the point of this is extermination we can't just go and kill everyone that we need a plan i'm like that's that's the plan like you're vampires and you just go and you just kill everyone like this is not like the same, you're not planning D-Day. Well, no, he was he was speaking more in regards of like, what are we gonna eat afterwards? Yeah, he was to thinking of the consequences. Yeah. Well, I know yeah, he I, that, I felt like even I 
think he's discussing it with either Carmilla or they're all together in like Dracula's like waiting room for vampires. And they mention like, you know, well, Hector and Isaac will be the plan masters. But again, if, if outwardly Dracula is saying he wants to kill everyone, even if some of them believe he wants to keep a cattle stock and some of them believe he doesn't, the, it doesn't seem like there should be this much debate and strategy to just go and kill everyone. I felt that, um, I think that was the only, one of the biggest weak points. I'm going to say big because it was um, of season two because it took up a massive amount of season two because I, even though, yes, um, the our heroes kind of taking a while in the, the library, it, it, it wasn't that bad, but it was because there was way, 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 way too much political stuff going on with the vampires. Like, guys, you, I understand there's, political issues like we mentioned before between do uh what is dracula's actual main purpose oh his main purpose is to wipe humanity out but what are we going to do for food they could have solved that more easily like they, they could have talked about it a little bit better instead of just um hey we're just gonna constantly talk about it and also dealing with the political stuff over are we gonna go to that one town we're we gonna move the castle um what are we gonna do and I was like, guys, please speed it up. I liked the backstory with um, Hector and Isaac. That was nice. They integrated that very well. But we didn't need everything that they threw at our faces, to be quite honest. A lot uh, yeah. of that could have been really chopped down, maybe gave us more of, I don't know, our main protagonists. It um, probably could have been like two, one or two episodes I would have loved shorter. Well, that's yeah. the, I think what they wanted to avoid, that was one of the main it's about the first season how it was too short so i feel like they added those they elements <laughs> to artificially extend the episodes they padded it, they gave it yeah fluff. yeah and but they could have given us more constructive fluff with like hey maybe more sypha and um trevor stuff and trevor and alucard stuff and sypha and alucard stuff like they they quickly in one episode um I, we didn't see, we saw like a little scene of them camping out in between uh, that one that town from season one and the Belmont Manor. That's all we had. They could have had a lot more of them traversing across the Wait Lakeian um, countryside to get to the manor. I think one of the things is that when, when the Trevor and friends are in the library is the time that they spend together, they are, we're kind of seeing them interact as characters. And the, the difference is when we see the vampires, they're they're talking at each other, and then Trevor and Alucard and Sypha are talking to each other. Like, you know, the vampires are also set in, I want this, and you want this, and they don't match up. They're just sort of butting heads, but not in a way that really kind of shows how their personalities work with each other. And again, one of my big problems is they had Godbrand and Carmilla and Dracula and then there's all these other vampires who they why are they there? They're just there as fluff. They're just there to have fight scenes. Like I know that maybe adding more characters might have made that political nonsense even more complicated, but it felt like them just then cut it down, like get rid of them then. If it it feels like the for the vampire drama to take up so much of this season it felt like it was thought through less than the hero's side of the story which did not have as much but i felt like had more fertile grounds for storytelling not only that um it was even referenced in the in the show with 
Isaac uh, claiming that all they did was bicker so much, and that's why he decided to give orders to go ahead and have the army to that one town. Because all they were doing were just bickering. It was like two or three episodes of it. For sure, and that was the one complaint I had. But in all honesty, other than that, I had very, very oh, yeah. few complaints. I actually appreciated the amount of like detail they put into it because there were so many Easter eggs to me that, like, if you were a fan of the game, you definitely got them. Like in the Belmont uh, Library, they had a complete skeleton of a white dragon, which is one of the most annoying enemies in the game, in my opinion. But it was just kind of sitting there, and I'm just like, oh, that's really cool. And also, right before they got to the Belmont Library, they were fighting some monsters, and um, they paid an homage to the first uh, the first real boss of uh, Symphony of the Night, the uh, Gaibon and Slagra team combo, where, it, if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's the little winged demon and the skeleton bird with a spear, uh, where he picked it up and flew with it at Trevor. That's the first boss in um, Symphony of the Night, so I thought that was that was fun. When are they going to fight the creature and the flea? That's what I want to know. The what? The, the Frankenstein's monster and the little eagle are on their shoulder. That's what I want to see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do no, like... They're just, that was the thing. The monster designs were like pretty much exactly as I expected them to be. Like They, they looked pretty much like cartoon renderings of the monsters I fought a thousand and a half times. Yeah, and speaking on the monster fights and whatnot, I I know Ryan had mentioned this before when it came to um, the first scene when Alucard shows up and starts fighting against Trevor. That fight choreography, whoever animated that needs a dang raise. It was yeah. beautiful. Well, not just that, but also the storyboarding of it as well. Like, just how fluid it moved. Um because in the game, you just kind of see, like, with um, many of the whip users, they go, like, they, they kind of look like uh, Sheik in Smash Brothers, just like, eh, 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 like, hitting things. But you're seeing this man whip something, throw it backwards, or, like, whip something from the air and yank it down. Like, it's just beautiful. And especially the last fight scene, where you have the three of them fighting in tandem against these vampires. Sypha, like, using, bringing the ice up and just cutting the vampire in half was just... Uh, I was like, this is just so pretty because Alucard's just like, I'm going to control my sword and the whip going everywhere. And she's just like, ice, death, everything. You're like, she's really <laughs> OP. <laughs> oh, she's <laughs> OP in the original games as well. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, Ryan told me that. No, Saifa like, is, she, she, she's good. <laughs> she's real good. One thing I really appreciate is that scene where Sypha and Trevor are discussing the origin of the Belmont name, and they actually mention Belmondo, which is the uh, uh, Japanese uh, interpretation of how that name should be said. I, that was just one of those little touches. I'm like, I get that. I really, I dig that. Yeah. Uh, the etymology of the name and the history. I was just and like, why they named Trevor and why that's because the names really are not in any way Romanian or uh, Transylvania or Slavic for the most part. I, mean, I actually comes from a '30s like Universal movie. For the the funniest name trivia to me is actually Sypha's because uh, Belnades is the name they use for English translations, but oh, in yeah. Japanese they called her Fernandez. No, it was Velasquez. It was Velasquez. I've I've heard Fernandez as well. Oh, okay. 
either way, it's like a Spanish name when they're in like Romania. Yeah. And- well, she has a bit of a, a sort of a Spanish esque accent. She does. I guess. And I mean, the speakers so, are known the actors they yep. probably traveled okay. Europe. They're the speakers. They collect the knowledge, and there's multiple groups. So one group will collect knowledge from their area, and then they'll be like, oh, hey, they're going to meet up another group of speakers and pass their knowledge on to each other. So, um, so they just wander from, about. From so it makes. 451. Yeah. So that's why she had more of a Spanish name and why she had a Spanish accent. So. Yeah, it's actually interesting. Um, the Belnades and the uh, Belmonts in later games are actually a very, they're very close families. And Saifa is the reason that the Belmonts are actually as proficient as they are because she uh, pretty much gave them magic in their lineage. So thanks Saifa for all of the OP characters that we know and love, like Richter and Simon. But um, yeah, they're, they're both names that if you follow the series, you'll see over and over and over again. And there's actually a couple of Belnays that are uh, playable in various games. I like how they were joking at the end with uh, when she was joking about writing a book about Belnade and Belmont. And, and Trevor was like, why am I the second one? Because yeah. you're the one driving the horse. <laughs> yeah. Made me laugh. I, found, I found it a bit weird in the library when she's like, you know, oh, all of this knowledge and my people, we've we've resisted writing it down. Well, wow, we're really stupid. I'm like, wow, that was a quick 180 on your entire culture. Like, <laughs> very quickly, just, d- d- okay. Well, I mean, that's the other thing is, like, they were stupid because there was, um, Ryan, there was the one scene with... <laughs> No, there was that one scene with Lisa that literally proves they're stupid. Um, they had lost all this knowledge that they had previously had of medicine and like science and her and she was trying to, you know, learn it and bring it to the people so she could do good. And they burned her as a witch. They're stupid. Speaking of Lisa, is it wrong? Like in the first episode of the first season, Dracula is so angry and violent. And then this season, he's, I'm just, I, I wanted to step in that room and be like, when the mean old humans killed my wife for what? The second time? Like you became Dracula because they killed your wife the first time. You'd think you'd be used to it. I'm just going to sit and mope and get everyone else to do all the hard work for me. Cause I'm sad. Like it's it just, he felt just so wimpy. He really That's did. About right. But, um, at this point, I think we're going to start wrapping up the discussion. Does anybody have any closing thoughts on the series? I just want to mention a, a cool little tidbit in the original game. You can type in um, your name as help me and you'll get 10 extra lives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the name just, naming has always been an interesting thing. They can unlock yeah, a lot of cheats and stuff. Yeah, because they made, they made the, the game harder whenever they brought it over to the States. Because yeah. in the original game, different enemies dealt different amounts of damage. Whereas in the American version, um, the later levels, enemies did more damage. Yeah. The, the original is still very hard. Yeah. That's why I would play the Japanese version. Yeah. I just hope that this show gets like nine seasons and we eventually get to Richter or all the way through to Soma. Because Soma is one of my favorite characters besides Alucard. And just if they can manage to get that far, it would just be so much fun to actually see that produced. 
I would just like to mention that in Japan, after the first game was released, uh, there was a series of choose-your-own-adventure books based on Famicom games. I know this from doing Zelda research for a panel. And uh, they had a Castlevania one where Simon, not the original Simon, but his descendant, who has become a film actor, is on the set for a movie based on his ancestors' exploits fighting Dracula, where the real Dracula attacks Christopher B., who is a knockoff of Christopher Lee, who's playing Dracula in this one. And it's basically Wes Craven's new nightmare meets Castlevania. And I just feel like the world at large needs to know about this obscure Japanese novelization of an 80s video game. That's interesting. Oh That's really interesting. But um, yeah, at this point, I think we're going to move on to Twitter questions. We have uh, three. So first, we have one from Will. Uh, what is everyone's favorite Castlevania enemy or antagonist? I'm going to leave that to you guys. <laughs> well, what was your favorite from this series, I guess, then? Um, I felt Camilla was a conniving little sneak, and I can't wait to see more of her later on messing with everything so oh yeah my personal favorite enemy to fight um i really liked um dimitri from dawn of sorrow he was a very interesting character and just the stuff that happens with him was really interesting and i don't want to spoil because i know marissa's gonna play that game soon so i i liked dimitri a lot my favorite enemy is the grim reaper from the original game because it's one of the first enemies in video games that definitely beat my ass. Yeah. It also taught me like the importance of like memorization like of enemy attack pattern. Yeah. I love that Death himself is a servant of Dracula. Yeah. That's an, that's interesting. an interesting thing. Uh, for me, I th- it, that's a hard question. I really, not necessarily to fight them because they're annoying, but I do love the Medusa heads and just the Medusa boss because that's just one of my favorite mythological creatures is the Gorgons. Yeah. Um, other than that, I do love Carmilla in her big, like, bleeding mask form. I just love that design. But I think antagonists in general, I do love Elizabeth Bartley, who is how they romanize Elizabeth Bathory, the historical figure in Bloodline, just because... The idea of just like, I'm going to start World War One to resurrect my dead vampire cousin and try to take over Europe. It's just the sort of ambition I hope to one day, you know, personify in my own life. And she has the Ojosama laugh when you fight her, and I'm really into that. So next question we have is from Tobias. He asked, what is a man? And so I'm going to have to give the obligatory response that he is a miserable little pile of secrets. But I also really want to quote Drax here and say that Thor is a man because he he's a very muscular, manly man. Anybody else play, have any? I don't play Symphony of the Night, so I don't know what... what <laughs> Anybody else mean. have any takes on what is a man? Well, I mean, I think in this modern age, we should be able to define masculinity in any way that we see fit. I mean, we live in a time of shifting and evolving gender roles, so what is a man other than, you know, the sort of society that creates him based on the expectations of his gender? But that's getting into more of a philosophical thing. I don't know. I guess he is a miserable pile of secrets. What does that even mean? Like it was uh, a bad translation. It's it actually got retranslated in um, uh, Requiem, but I haven't played translation. I, I don't know. I haven't. Well, it was uh, played re- through yet. retranslated also in the the PSP port. No, it wasn't actually. It wasn't. Nope. Huh. It was retranslated in the Saturn port actually. Oh, that's right, because the Saturn port is what they use for Requiem, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Don't don't play that version. <laughs> yeah, I know. As a but, Saturn guy myself. No, I know. It, it, it's very buggy. But I, I actually did want to get a real answer for this question, so I asked Lord Google. And a man is a male human. The term man usually reserved for an adult male. Uh, it can, however, also be able to describe any male human regardless of age in phrases such as men's basketball. Thanks, Google. Yeah. Um, the last question we have is specifically for Edwin. What is the number one best Kojima-directed game? Uh, my answer is Castlevania 3. Go watch Castlevania Season 1 and 2, Tobias. <laughs> All right, great answer. Uh, so, Sully, where can people find you on social media? Well, right now I'm still kind of taking my little social media, media sabbatical, but uh, you can sort of... Find me on Twitter at Calvacun, that's C-A-L-V-A underscore K-U-N. Or you can also reach me at Richter Belmont's Biceps Fan Club at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Rosa, where can they find you? Um, I don't use too much social media. Like, I don't use Twitter or Instagram. Gasp. I'm a woman who doesn't <laughs> use social media. Um, or Facebook, even. Uh, but if you guys want to... Uh, you can follow me on Tumblr. Uh, that's where I'm mostly will chill out and post stuff. Uh, be warned, there's a lot of BL, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of shipping. But my Tumblr is Musica. It's M U S E, the number zero, I C A dot Tumblr dot com. Um, you will know you are in the correct place because you see a blue sword bird boy. Um, that is moi. <laughs> Any other shameless self-plugs there? Oh, yes. Speaking of sword boys, uh, if you guys, if any of you are interested um, in anything to do with Japanese uh, culture, Japanese swords, uh, I would highly recommend uh, getting into Token Rambu. I host a monthly podcast called Token Rambles Podcast. Uh, we talk about all the monthly news from the browser game to the anime series when the anime's out uh to live action and merchandising stuff so yep um check us out there we will not have a november podcast holidays are pain plus the fact that two of our members are still students so they are going to be swamped with finals but yeah we'll be back for december gotcha what about you edwin i know you're active on social media uh yeah guys you can find me tweeting about mecha anime at elon musk on twitter just kidding you can find me at swift gx tweeting about random weep stuff and uh is there anywhere else that people might be able to find you around i don't know january or february i don't know you tell me ryan you might be able to find edwin and i at midshelf gaming on youtube coming in january or february whenever we get the urge to actually finish an episode or four um i would say late late december yeah late december early january check us out we're gonna be great probably maybe don't get your hopes up we're new at this but for me you can't really find me on social media because i don't use it that much but if you really want to follow me on twitter when i post an angry rant at some company who has wronged me in some way you can follow me at, at Midshelf Ryan on Twitter. And also, just you could talk to me on the uh, Third Impact Anime community page on uh, Facebook. Don't forget to uh, enter into our giveaway. All you have to do is go into our iTunes page and leave us a star rating and review. 
if you leave a negative review, I will hire Austin to go find you. Um, but other than that, I've been Ryan. I was joined by Sully, Marissa, and Edwin. And thank you guys so much for joining me on the Castlevania podcast. I hope you guys had fun. Goodbye, everyone. I'll miss my loyal fans. <laughs> Bye, everyone. <laughs>